Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I almost said touch your neighbor, slap your neighbor, but don't do it. Just wave at me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just give God praise for every person here. Let me tell you something. This is the time for miracle signs and wonders. This is the time for miracle signs and wonders. Hopefully you're believing God with me that we would see the miraculous in America. I do believe a great awakening is taking place. People are praying in their private time. They're talking to the Lord. They're speaking to God. And God is answering, not by fire, but by miracle signs and wonders. I want to draw your attention to the text, uh, and that is out of Acts chapter 8 and verse 8, verse 1, actually. And Saul was consenting to the death of Stephen. He was consenting to the death of Stephen. Stephen. He was the official that sanctioned the stoning of Stephen. Now, Saul is a type of virus here. We thank God that his life is not, uh, it doesn't end with this corona, this type of corona. Because in chapter 9, he's knocked off his beast and his name is changed from Saul to Paul. And so uh, at one time, he was a type of corona wrecking havoc, wreaking havoc against the church. And then in chapter 9, he becomes the solution to that same problem. And I'm believing God as a turning, as a flip. Glory to God. People who are abusers, people who abuse, people who hurt folk, people who constantly hurting people, uh, inmates, ex-cons, folk who hurt people, talked about folk, did things to destroy people. God, this is a miracle that's about to take place. God is about to turn these people all around. I'm talking about supernaturally turn them around. And the folk who hurt folk are going to be the one, the very ones who start to heal. And not through religious methods and religious ways, but at the same time coming under the order, coming within the framework of God's environment, coming within the framework of what he wants to do and to say to his people today, not, not out there as renegades, but those that are submitted to the will and the way of God and correctly associate with the church. And look at verse, uh, look at verse eight. I'm sorry. Verse one again, at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, a great persecution arose against the church even now the church is persecuted because the church is not allowed to function as we are normally as we normally function it doesn't mean we're not functioning but we're not functioning as we normally function and uh, that that causes a great strain but but for this generation who feels like somehow or another the church is cowering because we're following cdc guidelines you're totally missing it we're, the scripture teaches us that uh, we should come under the authority of those who are in authority let every soul be subject to the governing. And it's not talking about heaven's government. It's talking about being able to deal with the government that you have today, like the American government, like federal government, state government, and municipalities within your region. 
And the church is not contrary to that. Amen. If they told us we couldn't preach the name of Jesus, we got a problem. But in America, there's freedom to do that. We just have to find new means. And throughout human history, throughout world history, at times after Jesus' birth and after his death, the church would have to go underground at times to succeed. But every time it did, even through world wars, it never stopped growing. And I just decree and declare another miracle that while underground, you're going to see the growth and the expansion and the advancement of the kingdom of God. Glory to God. And some of you, this is a sign to you, your money is going to grow during this time. Some of you right now are so freaking out, but look at your paycheck. You still got one. Amen. <laughs> You still have one. Look at what God is doing. You mean everything stopped, stock market stopped uh, uh, over, over 22 million, 25 million not working today and your money is growing. I'm here to tell you that God is working out miracles financially even now. God is doing stuff for his people even now. He's going to sustain you. He's going to work through you. He's going to make sure you have everything you need. If he has to send a raven to bring you meat, you're going to receive the meat. If he has to cause a brook, glory to God, to begin to flow with fresh water so you can make sure you can wash your clothes and drink from it without any parasites, he's going to do it. You will live. You will not die and declare the works of the Lord. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they, they, they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. God has a way of causing us, the church, we become too connected, too isolated. We, we're so different from the world. We can't deal with the world because the world, see, the world, they way out there. And we're the church. And we must make sure that there's a difference between uh, good and evil. But at the same time, we can become so isolated that God will use a system, a situation like this, to push us out of our comfort zone. And we have to go into distant lands. Or we, we, we use technology to not just preach to the people that we see every day but the people that we can't see the people who may not be in the building because the church is not buildings it is the people who are in the building and God has children that are not of this fold they have not met him yet but he still has marked them for the kingdom glory to God and so he pushes us out ha having us to pipe out the word of God in the entire region so those people who don't know him will begin to hear the word and then submit to the will of God and they will become children of the most high God as well and the only difference between us and them anyway is the fact that we believe the gospel and we receive Jesus in our hearts. And all they need to do is only believe. Hallelujah. And if you believe and call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And the scripture says that the, because of the persecution, they were pushed to Judea and Samaria. But the apostles were not moved. And I just want to speak to the feet and the security and the steadfastness of leaders today. Leaders cannot be like regular people, regardless if you're in the church leadership or you're in leadership in the community. If you're in leadership, if you're in leadership in a hospital, you happen to be the head nurse, right now we need you on the front lines. 
So, Lawrence Nightingale, thank God for your commitment while on the battlefield and taking care of soldiers. Because what happened is you have descendants. You have descendants uh, with every generation that's doing exactly what you did. Women and men of courage and they have confidant confidence and they're going out on the front lines you're making sure you're taking care of babies and taking care of the elderly and God is going to bless you for that and I'm praying that God will supernaturally not only help you to wash your hands and change your clothes but he also puts a covering over you hallelujah that you will not catch COVID-19 that you will continue to move and to do what you need to do glory to God I was a part of the Marine Corps and I was a part of the infantry while on the Marine Corps and we had what we call the FIBA or the forward edge of the battle area. Glory to God. The forward edge of the battle area. That's people who are on the front lines who create a firewall to make sure that the enemy will not go beyond this point. And you are, are on the FIBA or the forward edge of the battle area. And you're very strategic. Hallelujah. Many of you are female. Glory to God. Many of you are brown and black people. And I thank God for you. Glory to God. And I want you to stay on the front line God is going to protect you he's going to protect care of, take care of your house you don't have to have big muscles to be full of courage but I thank God that your heart is right you want to make sure everybody that comes through your gate is taken care of you want to see them heal and God put that in your heart and I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus and leaders have to rise up during this time. We have to rise up if we have to wear a mask. Rise up if we have to wash hands. Rise up and still become the leaders that God wants you to be. Do what you need to do, but we cannot flinch. Look at this. The Bible says the people were scattered in Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And if you want to carry an apostolic anointing, if you want to be the one after this is all over to point at people and tell them which way to go, you got to find yourself with your feet surely planted. You can't be crying at every little detail. You got to be the one to lead out right now. And I'm just calling that leadership to rise up in you. If you say there's a lion outside and I'm never going to go outside at all because there's a lion outside. Read it in the book of Proverbs. The Bible says there's something fearful about that. You got to be able to protect yourself. You got to be like David to be able to protect yourself at the same time. Take your sling and take your rocks and destroy the enemy. Glory to God. Thank you God. Protect yourself and your family but destroy the enemy. Verse 2 says and devout men carried Stephen in the midst of all of this to his burial and made great lamentation. They cried out over him. Glory to God. And I want you to know if you're going through grief I have to do two memorial services this week with uh, tragic issues that are taking place. And more of our people have passed. One of our elders' mother passed. One of our apostles' mother's mother passed. And they're trying to uh, make arrangements. One of our affiliates here, one of our daughters in ministry, her mother died, uh, glory to God, and she has to come back and lay her to rest. And we're involved in that. I didn't know there would be so much grief when I pulled, uh, when God pulled me into the ministry, glory to God, or I would have to stand over so many graves. But I thanks be to God who gives us the ability to triumph even during this time glory to God I have people asking me how do you do what you do I'm gifted to do what I do the Holy Ghost is endowed I'm, I'm endowed with power from on high this is what Jesus told his disciples I want you to go to Jerusalem I want you to tarry there 
and tarry there until you endued with power from on high. And you shall receive the Holy Spirit, glory to God, after you believe, glory to God. And the Bible talks about that. When you call on the name of the Lord, he gives us the power and the ability to do what we couldn't do. Hallelujah. I don't know what's happening in my mic, but I need somebody to work with me. Thank you, Jesus. And the scripture says, and for, for Saul wrecked havoc, or he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging folk out, men and women, committing them to prison. And I want you to hear this. This man actually went insane. He went insane in trying to wreak havoc against the local church. Hallelujah. Here we go. Thank God. Things are moving smoothly. I don't care what the devil is trying to do. Don't give him any TV time. Keep moving forward. Keep doing what God is telling you to do. I have a sensitive ear. I can hear when things are off. But let me tell you something. That discernment in the spirit, God wants to grace you. When you can hear things, you can tell when things are off. He wants to give you power to tell when things are off, glory to God, so you can get it corrected before it becomes a, an emergency. Saul made havoc of the church, entering into every house like a virus, going into the house, dragging off men, dragging off women, dresses all lifted up. He didn't care. Committed them to, pit, to prison. Got them locked down, a type of quarantine. Glory to God. But look what happens. Verse 4, therefore those who were scattered, they didn't just sit at home and cry. The Bible said they began to preach the word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What happens a lot of times when we can't, when our movements are restricted, we get quiet and become depressed. But during this season, God wants you to not talk about issues or talk about what you hear the president saying during his briefing or talking about what you hear this one saying or that one saying or what the New York governor, I'm sorry, the Georgia governor does by opening up uh, the economy when you know 40% of those who are dying are African American. And you know they love nails and hairs done and all of those things. And they really spend their money in those venues. And that's the first thing you open up. It looks like to me you're trying to send people to their death. But instead of talking about all of that, what we need to do is preach the gospel. Amen. Glory to God. Notice what he says here. The Bible said they were scattered, but they went everywhere. They went everywhere, not just trying to get the economy rolling. They began to preach the solution to the problem. And Jesus is the solution to every problem. That name of Jesus, isn't it wonderful? That name of Jesus, isn't it powerful? That name of Jesus, isn't it beautiful? And that name of Jesus will break down every yoke. Hallelujah. It will destroy the schemes of the enemy. It will stop the plans of the enemy. The scripture says the name of Jesus is a strong tower. The righteous run into his name and they are saved and then in verse 5 then Philip the Bible says the Philip I love Philip anointed anointed of the Holy Ghost he's not Stephen but like an under Stephen and during this season while the pandemic is going on God is raising up new voices God is raising up people who face fear unflinchingly God is raising up wise people who are anointed we see someone from the shadows that God has been molding and, and crafting for such a time as this. And the Bible says he took Peter, I'm sorry, Philip, then Philip, when he saw that the gospel needed to be preached, he looked over the expanse and saw a place called Samaria. And the scripture says he went down. 
He left Jerusalem and went down into Samaria, which is a place where there were half-breeds there. Glory to God. There were people who were half Jews and half Gentiles. But what happened was Philip went down to Samaria where the half-breeds were. And he began to preach Christ to them. He didn't talk about social issues. He didn't talk about how many people didn't like them. He didn't talk to them about what's going on in their ethnicity. He began to give them the solution, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. He preached Christ. And when you start preaching Christ, that is the anointed one and his anointing. Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Hallelujah. The one that took sickness on the cross. The one that bled. He was shed blood. Hallelujah. For every sin, for every malady. Surely he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes hallelujah we are healed and i decree and declare that you are healed by the power of his word you are healed because of the blood that he shed for you you are healed because you put your faith in christ as i preach christ let your faith rise up in the name of jesus don't look at the sickness look at the one who when he speaks to the sickness it screams to get away Away from his voice hallelujah corona has to go when jesus speaks to your issue Woo, god help me jesus even now somebody is getting their healing and their deliverance in the name of jesus and philip went down into samaria and preached christ to them look at verse six and the multitude with one accord that's what I'm looking for. The multitude, everyone watching, everyone connected, the multitude, hundreds of you are uh, with one accord heeding the things spoken by Philip. As I speak now, I want you to come into sync. Hallelujah. Let your faith rise up. Take your mind off of the circumstance and let your faith soar now. Let your faith connect with this word as I preach Christ, the anointed one. Glory to God. The Bible says that with one accord, their faith, need, they rose up and they took heed. They took heed to the things spoken by Philip. Hearing and seeing. Glory to God. Hearing the word, but seeing something. Glory to God. God wants you to hear the word, but he's about to show you something. Right behind door number three. Door number one, door number two, or door number three. Behind door number three, God is about to open up miracles. Right behind door number three, God is about to open up faith. Right behind door number three, glory to God. God is about to work up, work some healing in your life from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. And thoroughly, your heart system is about to get right. Your circumstances system is about to get corrected your back problems are going to be healed in the name of Jesus glory to God your feeling is coming back in the name of Jesus any neurological issues God is taking care of that right now even psychological demons that's trying to keep you in the fall God is speaking to that devil and it's got to go glory hallelujah any digestive issue God is working a miracle out in your life even those on respirators are going to supernaturally come off of them in Jesus name and I'm preaching better than you saying amen 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says, look at this. The Bible says not only did they hear, but they begin to see in verse 6 the miracles which he did. And then in verse 7, for the unclean spirits, the unclean viruses, the unclean traps of the enemy, crying with loud voices, glory to God, came out of many who were possessed and many also were paralyzed and lame. The scripture says they were healed. And there was great joy in the city. There's going to be some rejoicing after you get your deliverance. Even uh, beyond that, God is going to use many of us to be the agent of change for those who are sick. And I speak to the hands that are oily. Where are the oily people at? When it's dry out there, you need to be oily in here. And I decree and declare that anointed oil is going to start flowing from your hands in the name of Jesus. There's healing in you. I want you to rise up, son of God, daughter of God. God put it in you. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Glory to God. If you can't touch them physically, tell them to lay their hand on a Zoom screen. At that point of contact, speak to it and watch God deliver them from the sickness. The Holy Ghost is empowering you even now to start setting your face like a flint and stop listening to the reports of the enemy. In the midst of all of this, God wants to make himself strong. And so even now I preach to those who are uh, possessed with unclean spirits. They're coming out crying with a loud voice. Glory to God. Many who are possessed of demons are going to be healed. You wonder why you keep going back to the very thing that he delivered you from. You jump, you, pour, you jump in the fire, then you jump in the water to be cured. Then you jump back in the fire, and then you jump back in the water to be cured. You know you shouldn't be doing this, but then you want to come back and get the healing when you get in trouble. God wants that cycle to be broken in the name of Jesus. What we call it is the lunatic spirit. And the lunatic spirit is going to be dethroned in the name of Jesus. Now, let me teach you now. Learning our spiritual gifts is a fun subject because in this process, God's going to teach you some things you didn't know about yourself when you start learning about the gifts that he's given to you. A spiritual gift is something God has chosen specifically for you. Now, I want you to let that soak in your spirit. A spiritual gift is something that God has chosen, a supernatural gift that God has chosen specifically for you. And if you've ever received a gift, if someone just blessed you with a gift, it has a way of lifting your spirit. There's something about the gift that just lifts you. You can have a hung down head, but when somebody gives you a gift, it's like, wow, you thought about me? Wow. That's what we used to say. Wow. Ooh. Wow. My God. My God. You thought about me? Yes, I thought about you. And I gave you this gift. I chose it specifically for you. Glory to God. And a lot of people get caught up with the gift, but need to think about the mindset that the person had when they got it for you. So why does God give us, choose us for spe specifically, uh, choose a gift specifically for us? So that you can help with the advancement of the church. That's why he gave you the gift, to help with the advancement of the church. And that's why we need purpose for everything we do. He didn't give you the gift to run around and say, I'm the new anointed one. He wants you to advance the church. Amen. He wants you to advance his kingdom and to make sure that the church is thriving. He loves his church, so he graces the church. When God, when, I'm sorry, when Abraham 
told his servant to go and find Isaac a bride. Notice Isaac didn't look for his bride. The servant of the Lord, a type of Holy Spirit, went out to find the bride for Isaac. And when he found Rebekah, the scripture says he gave her gold. Bracelets and earrings, gold bracelets and earrings. And it's exactly what God does to his church when he selected the church to be married to him. He sent the Holy Spirit to gift the church with bracelets, with gifts of the Spirit to make you attractive for the one you're marrying. Not to go out there and say, ooh, look at my goal. Look at what I have. Oh, my time. My ship has come in. That's not the purpose of the gift. The purpose is to make you attractive to the one who chose you. So then when you operate, you will bring glory to his name. And so I want to make sure you understand this next wave. We can't make the mistakes of forefathers who got caught up with the gift. But never really begin to pursue the giver of the gift. We must be like David during these times of refreshings that are coming. Who love to be in the presence of God more than anything. I'd rather be a doorkeeper than being to dwell in the house of the wicked. The Lord is my shepherd that I shall not want. And scripture teaches us that David would lay in the, in the proximity of the ark of the covenant. Yeah, all night long. Rising up just to pray. Wanting to be in the presence of God because he envisioned that ark one day living in the heart of men. Don't ever, ever lose sight of what I just said. Because many people, once God graces them with the gracelets or the gifts of the spirit, they forget the one who selected them. So what are spiritual gifts? If we're talking for a moment about how to identify and effectively use the gifts. What are the gifts of the Spirit? Number one, God has chosen people to do his work. He didn't choose angels to do the primary work. The angels are here to assist us, but he's chosen people. He has chosen people, you, boys, girls, men, women of God, all around the world to do his work. And he gifted you with the ability to accomplish the work. As we seek to follow and to be used by Jesus Christ, we need to utilize everything that he's given to us, utilize all that he has made available to us. And so if I were employer and I hired you, I'm then going to gift you to do the work. I'm going to send you through training. I'm going to get you the materials that you need to work with. I'm going to teach you style. I'm going to make sure that you have on the block training regularly to make sure you're efficient in what you do. Well, this is what God does. That's why I don't know why a person would take the gift and start working and forget the giver of the gift because he's always fine tuning your gifts. He's always helping you to develop it. And to function with more equity and with more efficiency and effectiveness. One of the great blessings Jesus has given the church and to us as individuals. One of the blessings that he gave us and to us individual is the gifts of his spirit. The gracelets of his spirit. So why did he give it to us? Well, the Bible has this to say about uh, the vital role that we must play as those who are gifted in the body of Christ. 
If you're taking notes, and I hope you're taking notes when I teach, I put out information and I need you to write it down and I need you to let me know where you're from and who you are and I need you to put something in the box that speaks to you. Spiritual gifts enable us to grow in the knowledge of the divine dynamic of Christ. Spiritual gifts enable us to grow. It enables us to grow in the knowledge. It enables us to grow in the knowledge of the divine dynamic of Christ. And so if you want to know more about the dynamic of Christ or how he works and how he functions, you need to operate in the gifts as well. And not just get the word, you need the gifts. And you just can't have the gifts without the word. You need the word and the gifts. The word and the spirit, it will help you grow. If you got a lot of word, you'll just uh, uh, burn up. If you got a lot of spirit, you will blow up. But if you have the word and the spirit, you will begin to grow up whole lot of people got spirit and they just inflated in their mind wow i'm the one hour prophet if i tell you in one hour is coming all right all right you got a lot of helium up in there a lot of healing you blown up got a lot of words see the words say the words say the word will never lose its power and if you got a lot of word don't have spirit you will burn up but when you have the word and the spirit moving together, you'll grow up in maturity. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. So we can't have just have word churches and spirit-filled churches. We need a balance of both. Some people get sidetracked with spiritual gifts and become more obsessed with the gifts than with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Believers begin to follow signs and wonders Instead of signs and wonders following them which believe. Once we used to be the blessing. Once it was the blessing that we were going after. But now we're going after the Lord Jesus Christ. At one time it used to be the feeling that we was. I got to feel it. I got the feeling. That's what we all wanted the feeling. But now we want his word. I got the feeling. Yeah, yeah, I got the feeling. We got to shout every service. Shout because we got to have the feeling. Well, where's the power? You got all of this shouting, but where's the power? God wants to release the power. We got to move beyond feelings to get the word of God in us and the spirit together will help us to grow and to do mighty exploits. At one time, the gifts was what we went after. Anybody working in the gift, people would drive all the way to Miami just to see it work. Or drive all the way to Texas just to see it work. Drive all the way to New York just to see it work. Oh, I saw something. But now we want to see the giver of the gift. At one time, we sought for healing. But now we want to seek him, himself alone. If we get Jesus, you got the healing. If you get Jesus, you got the gifts. If you get Jesus, you have the feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got the feeling if you get Jesus and you have the blessing. He told Abraham, I'm your blessing, I'm your shield, I'm your exceeding and great reward. I am, not what I'm going to do for you. That's just evidence that I'm with you. But you want to make sure you grab onto him. Attaining gifts, spiritual gifts, is not the goal. They're just the gateway into a relationship. And that's really why God allows us to be gifted because he wants a relationship with his people. 
Write it down. And I decree and declare that spiritual gifts are to be activated. And a lot of things in the kingdom are voice activated. So even now, I voice activate the gift that's in you. One of the things the Lord speaks to uh, leaders about is about the purpose of the fivefold ministry. And that is to perfect the saints for the work of ministry. The reason why we stick with the church, there's no true perfection of the saints until you come under the authority of God. And that's why he puts people like myself to help perfect you in the things of God. You're not supposed to just operate on Facebook and start decreeing and declaring and you have no covering. Everybody has voices today and you have a platform. You don't need to go through churches. You just get up and start saying things, but you need to be trained. And God has always allowed the gifts to function through training. Thank you, God. Each spiritual gift has a specific place in the body of Christ. Each gift that God has placed in us, in the body of Christ, the church is important. And so the most important gift is the gift needed right now. If you need healing, I can have, I can have the gift of tongues all day. But if healing is necessary, then that rabashata doesn't matter right now. What we need is healing. And that's the most important one. There are people who have the gift of tongues and they want to use it in every circumstance. What if I need a miracle? Come on. I need a miracle. And there's a gift for miracles. So the most important gift is the gift that's needed at the moment. God knows that. That's why he gifted you and put you in the position so you can get the work done. Hallelujah. So what are the spiritual gifts? Well, I'm going to name off a few. Uh, I'm going to teach in the next few weeks on several of them. Uh, only three of them. But I'm going to name, um, name them off so you can get an understanding. First is the gift of administration. There are people who are gifted by the Holy Ghost to do administration. When you come into an, or into an organization or into a church, you have a way of putting things in order. And if you have that gift, you should use it for God. The gift of administration. You can't sleep until it is tidy. Some people can start, but they're not good finishers. This gift says, I have the plan. I'm going to execute the plan. Watch over it as it develops with patience. I'm going to bring it to its end, and I'm going to do remedial training to make sure everybody understands, and they stick with the program so we can stay efficient. Administration. We need that gift in the body of Christ. A lot of people graduate. They want to gravitate to the charisma gifts, but we need administration in the house. Here's another gift, the gift as an apostle. As an apostle. The apostle is to work miracles. It's one of the signs of apostles is to work miracles. And if you're an apostle, begin to pray that God allow the miracle signs and wonders to follow you as you push forth in the things of God. Apostles usually are able to create a work and it's sustained financially. They create a work and the resources for that work seem to come in. They're also able to pull leaders together. You'll see that attribute with apostles. The Bible says in the book of Revelations that they're what we call pseudal or false apostles. They carry the title, but there's no power. There is no manifestation of this gift. So we want to make sure that being an apostle, you understand that there's certain things, signs and wonders should follow them which believe. Here's another gift. It's discernment. 
is discernment. This gift usually operates with people who have a good diet of the word of God and they walk with God to where they can differentiate between what's good and what's evil. God is not just giving you the ability to tell when something is off, but you yourself don't know when you're off. This gift will let you know when your discernment will pick it up and let you know when you're off, when you're actually moving outside of the will of God. And it won't let you sleep until you get it right. In the book of Hebrews, it says those who are not skillful in the word of God lack discernment. And they're babes. The only thing they do is suck up the milk of the word of God, but never enter into a place where they, they dine on the meat of the word of God. Because it's not just you speaking the meat, you actually live it out. In other words, when there's temptational issues that hit you, you have an ability to say, I can't stay there long. Even if I made a mistake, I need to correct this. And then we have what we call the gift of evangelism. Where is, where are the evangelists? Amen. When the Bible says that persecution, Paul began to wreak havoc against the church. The Bible said they were scattered except the apostles. And then Philip arose and went down into Samaria and began to preach the gospel to the city. The evangelists can't sleep until people are coming off the streets. Until people are saved. We got modern day evangelists now that want to run from church to church and raise money. But if you've got to correct the church and revive a church, that means the church needs a new pastor. Because the pastor should have such an anointing as the shepherd. That in anointing that pushes out the lice of the sheep, glory to God. The evangelist should be able to focus on the unsaved, not reviving the church. If the church needs to be revived every year, it needs a new pastor. And then we have what we call exhortation. This is the ability to encourage people during dark times. And many of you have this gift. And you need to be trained on how to use it. Because people that have this gift, when they see people encouraged, they think they, they should elevate to the pastor level. But you're not, it doesn't mean you're a pastor because you can encourage people. That's not the purpose of it. We need encouragers in the street. We need encouragers in the pews. We need encouragers in the church. As the word comes from the pulpit, the encouragers take that word and pick the attitude, pick the glory off the floor, get the attitude elevated. The aptitude needs to go to another level because you water the church with encouragement and exhortation. And many of you have this gift, and I see it in operation. We need more of it, and you need to fine-tune it. Then you got to learn how to exhort yourself. When people don't do what you want to do, you rebuke them. But when you get sad, you get depressed. You get depressed. You can't function. <sighs> Encourage yourself, man. Pick yourself up. Get yourself up and encourage yourself. David had to do it. He was anointed, glory to God, and came to a situation at Ziglag where even his men turned against him. But you know what the Bible said? He said, bring me to Ephod, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. He began to remind himself. It was God that worked in you when you had to kill that giant. It was God that worked in you. David had to remind himself. It was God that worked in me when I killed the giant, the bear, and the lion. Glory to God. And he's going to get me out of this one as well. Amen. We need encouragers, but we need you to learn how to encourage yourself. 
We need faith. This is what I'm going to be teaching on. This is not regular faith. This is the kind of faith that's on steroids. This is the kind of faith that literally moves mountains. This is the kind of faith that get millions to flow. This is the kind of faith that start a business and don't have no way, no money, how to start it. And God, you just believe God is going to do it. And he starts doing it. This is the kind of faith that steps out on nothing and God sustains you. And we need that faith operating today. Here's another one, the gift of giving. The gift of giving. I need those of you that have this gift to sanctify a tithe and an offering into the ministry, into this ministry, to write it out. And if you're offended by what I'm saying, I'm not talking to you. You don't have the gift. Those that have this gift are not offended when opportunities to give come up. And there's some millionaires with this, this gift. There's some billionaires with them. There's some Bloombergs with this gift. There's some Bloombergs. There's there's some CEOs with this gift, billionaires that can finance the kingdom of God. And God's going to show you creatively how you can protect your wealth by financing the kingdom of God by sowing into a 501c3. Glory to God that there will be no lack in the kingdom of God. You have the excess and you can sow it. Send it to truth revealed. Well, I'm calling it out, and I'm preaching better than you saying amen. And when it starts happening, I don't want you to get mad with it. Glory to God. God also has another gift called healing. A miraculous faculty, I call. Miraculous faculties. Miraculous faculties. Just like you have senses, God has added to that a miraculous faculty. One of them is called healing, and that is to see people who are sick, People who are paralyzed, people who are lamed, miracles take place, healing works together. Especially with diseases, diseases. That abnormal spirit has to believe, and normality comes to the organ and the system within your body. We have another gift called helps. Can you help me? That's a person who, who volunteers, they just can't sleep at night. Is there anything I can do to help? That's what they say. The other peoples will never volunteer. They only work if they're paid, but they don't volunteer much. They don't volunteer much. This gift is a part of the gift, the, uh, the helps ministry within the local church. And you need to be a part of a ministry that you volunteer your time and your efforts with too, so you can help the ministry get off the floor. Many of you have that gift and God is calling on those gifts even now. We have what we call the gift of hospitality. The gift of hospitality. A church, a bishop's church, a cathedral should not be known for its just spirituality or its wealth in the bank, but how it treats people. Hospitality is treating people with equity and making sure justice is carried out. So everybody is treated like a human being and not just the wealthy folk. Not just the big rollers, the big ballers, the big wheels and boards in every church. We want to make sure everybody, it could be a shirtless man or a shoeless woman, is still treated with kindness. Here's another gift, the gift of the word of knowledge. It's when God speaks to a person about something that happened in your past and gives them detail all the way up into your present life. It's a word of knowledge. They didn't read it in the book. They, they didn't have a tip from a friend. Holy Ghost gave it to them. And we need that gift in operation. I should be wetting your appetite right now because some of you need to desire that gift. Especially in counseling. 
You need to have a miraculous faculty when you're dealing with people. What accompanies the gift of knowledge or the word of knowledge is a word of wisdom. The word of knowledge tells, uh, uh, identifies and reveals things that happened in the past all the way up into the present. A word of wisdom starts from your present life and carries you into your future. Here's a specific plan of what you need to do in your future. These are things you need to avoid. There's a business deal that's coming up in your presence, but you need to resist this one. And if you do, God will open up something else for you. You need to stop hanging out with these people and you need to hang out with those people. That's a word of wisdom. You are too scattered and too exposed. You need to cover yourself because if you cover yourself, you, there's a storm coming. You will weather the storm. But if you don't, you're going to be exposed and you will receive a virus that's going to wreak havoc in your life and in your family. That's a word of wisdom and somebody needs to catch it. Not only that, but we have gifts of leadership. There's a spiritual gift called leaders. That means you step out and people follow you. And if you don't get this gift trained, your influence will lead them right to hell. You got to learn how to lead with mercy and lead with wisdom. Glory to God. Lead as a submitted leader. Servant leader is what we believe in. We also have the gift of mercy. That means you can forgive and extend forgiveness. Got to be careful. Got to get around a strong apostle that can help you balance that out so you don't just let people run over you. But there's a gift of mercy. And there are times when in the church we need this gift more than any other. We need to just forgive some people and let them go. Glory to God. Here's another one. One of the miraculous faculties. I told you about faith. I told you about healing. But here's another one. It's called the working of miracles. God wants the working of miracles to be in operation in the church. I'm asking personally for him to let that work with me. We have another gift. It's called prophecy. That is to foretell, to foretell the future. And we have a lot of people that love that gift because in America it makes a lot of money. It makes a lot of money. But that's not the goal is to make a lot of money. Though money comes with that gift. And sometimes people prophesy what people want to hear. But if you look at any of the Old Testament prophets, minor and majors, many of their prophets, many of them told Israel what Israel didn't want to hear. Like, uh, I see a cloud. I see trials coming. Uh, many of you are going to be carried into slavery, carried into captivity for 70 years. This is going to happen. They're going to strip this. They're going to take your gold. They're going to take this because your ways didn't please the Lord. We don't hear those kind of prophets today. Oh, no, you won't have any food. You won't have any bread. Nobody's bringing any bucks to your basket if you prophesy what the Spirit is saying. If you prophesy Corona, if you say, I see a virus coming and it's going to shut down New York City, it's going to shut down the stock market and business in America for a month or two is going to come to zero. All of the gains of the last 12, 15 years is going to be lost in three days. You say that, even say that to church folk. Say that to church folk. Say that to capitalists. They'll say, what kind of preacher are you? And they fail to see that God even prophesied like that to his nation called Israel. And it was the word of the Lord. Amen. But today our ears, that's why I know we're living in perilous time. Where men will heap under themselves teachers having itching ears who only want to hear what they want to hear. 
But God is not interested in what you want to hear. You should be tuning your ears on what the truth is. And that's what God says is going to come. And I want to know the truth. Glory to God. And so there's another gift called the gift of serving. We need those gifts in the house of the Lord. Servant leaders, people who serve others. That's, I call them the get fresh crew. They can break it down and raise it up again and never complain. You have the gift. You have the gift to serve the community, serve leaders, to serve the congregation. We have the gift of speaking in tongues. A whole lot of people have this one. But they won't speak to me. But a woman wearing pants, I that can't, that's the devil. That's the devil. That's the devil up there. That's the devil. Don't, that's the, that the devil. But you can speak eloquent tongue. But when it comes to English, that the devil. Get yourself together. God don't want you speaking in tongues when you won't speak to people. Read the 14th chapter of the book of uh, 1 Corinthians. Where Paul talks about speaking in tongues. He said, I'd rather hear just a few words spoken where I can understand them than a multitude of words speaking in tongues. And I was raised up speaking in tongues and I believe in it. But the tongues here are not just the gibberish that we have today. It is the ability to speak and a person can hear their language. When you speak in these tongues, people can hear their language. And you can even interpret another language that you've never studied. We need this in operations when you're going into countries that you weren't raised in or communities that you weren't raised in. And you can, for some reason, he lets you know this is what they're saying. Thank you, Jesus. We have the gift of teaching, sometimes known as shepherding. When you raise up a church, you can't preach to them every week. There are teachings that need to take place, and God needs the teaching anointing to come back. I'm closing with this. Miracles about to occur. Miracles, signs, and wonders are about to occur. This is what the Bible says out of Jeremiah 32 and 27. Behold, I am the Lord. God is constantly reminding his people who he is. You know why? Because it's easy to forget. He's a God that we can't see. And because we can't see him, it's easy to forget him. And that's why he raised up ministries to keep you in mindful of your commitment to the Lord. Behold, look, he said, I am the Lord. Get your eyes off everybody else and start focusing on me. I'm the God of all flesh, all bone, all sinew, all lungs, uh, respiratory, circular, circulatory. Uh, all digestive systems within the body, all nerve endings of all flesh, whether you're black or white, rich or poor, Asian or African, European or uh, uh, Oriental, it doesn't matter, or Spaniards. God doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't differentiate. If you're part of the human race, he's the God of all flesh. Look at this. Is anything too hard for me? And I'm closing this out today by asking you, is there anything too hard for God? You will say, Bishop, I'm sick. There's nothing too hard for God. 
So let your faith soar even now. Let your faith rise and meet this message. And it's above your circumstance. This message is above your circumstance. It's above your setback. It's above your sickness. It's above what the enemy is trying to make you believe. It's above depression. It's above cancer. It's above COVID-19. Is there anything too hard for God? God just says all I need is your faith to elevate. Because if you can believe, all things are possible. Hallelujah. To them which believe. I'm about to decree a word, a prayer over your life, and I want you to go with it in the name of Jesus. It's a prayer for miracle working power of God to be in operation in you. Without thinking hard about it, I want you, if you have a computer screen or your phone, to touch that screen in the name of the Lord as a point of contact. You don't have an apron that can come off of my body and I give it to you today. Your apron my apron is that screen it's a point of contact touch it well bishop i don't understand that that's ignorant can you just obey you may be blocking your miracle because you just can't seem to do simple things cast down your intellect right now and just have simple faith because i'm about to decree some things by the power of the holy spirit the holy spirit is going to work it out in your life this is a miracle working God prayer. I want believers to come into uh, agreement with me and I want all of you that are watching to touch your screen. I need you to go with me in prayer. Listen. God is going to bless you. And join with me and God's going to fix it. Lord of the nations. Your display. Your power. You put it out where everybody can see it. You do it so all the world can see what you're doing. You're the miracle working God. You turn water into wine. You cause Peter's boat to almost sink. Not because of the waves but because of the abundance. When you told him to launch out in the deep. You restored sight to the blind and made the deaf ear to listen. You raised Lazarus from the dead. You told the lame man to leap, to walk, and the tongue of the dumb to sing. You took two fish and five loaves and you fed 5,000. Hallelujah. You put a rod in the hands of Moses and he opened up a sea. Ah, thank you, Jesus. You put a sling and a rock in the hand of your servant David and he took out a giant. Glory to God. And now you put a word in my mouth. Speak over your people and I decree and declare that healing is taking place in the name of the Lord. You heal the sick and you raise the dead. You conquered death in your resurrection. Everything you touch is powerful and transformed. Let us know that power, that powerful touch that only comes through your hand. Let us know it and feel it. Give us strength to follow you. Lord, bless your people. Keep us. Make your face shine upon us. Turn your face toward your people.
and give us peace. Father, I give you praise that we will see miracles occur. That those who are on their deathbed with respirators down their throat would wake up and pull them out in the name of the Lord and get off the bed and let the world know that it wasn't a pill, it wasn't even the work of the doctor, but you heard your name. You heard the voice of the Lord and Jesus called their name and they rose up, Father. And I give you praise that miracles would take place around the world. Father, I love you so much. If you tell me to say it, I'm going to say it. So I decree healing in the masses, deliverance to the masses, faith to the masses in the name of Jesus. Let it be so. And God, we ask this through the miraculous name of Jesus Christ, the anointed one, our Lord. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My friends, I rejoice with you. Go ahead and give God a little praise right there. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.